Podcast. Addiction is not a habit to break, it's a wound to heal. Mm. So that's where the heart side of it comes in. Okay. You know, we've talked about alcoholics. It's kind of like, you know, an alcoholic has a moment, you know what, I'm done drinking. That's my last drink. And they pour all their booze down the drink. It takes away that opportunity. But it doesn't deal with why they had to drink in the first place. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Inner Switch, Seven Timeless Principles to Transform Modern Leadership, a new leadership book by Susan Freeman. This episode is also brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. All of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out the leadership books I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Leadership Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I wanted to remind you that Deep Leadership is ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S. and in the U.K., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends. You have helped this podcast grow into a top-performing show, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about overcoming addictions so that you can become the leader you were meant to be. My guest is Timothy Regal. Tim has helped hundreds of men overcome addiction to porn and sex, save their marriages, and become better leaders in their homes, work, and in their communities. Porn addiction is not something people openly talk about, but Tim helps us understand why it's a major problem for men today, and he helps us understand how this addiction can be overcome. This episode is primarily for our male audience, but everyone will get something out of it. This was an eye-opening and candid conversation that needs to be heard. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Timothy Regal. Tim is the founder of Into the Wilderness, a ministry dedicated to helping men transform their lives by renewing faith, re-energizing families, and restoring masculinity. He is the author of the book, Living Porn Free, 10 Steps to Recovery, Redemption, and Renewal. As a coach, he has helped hundreds of men overcome addiction to porn and sex, save their marriages, and become better men. Tim is also a licensed funeral director, a chaplain, a worship leader, and more importantly, a husband and father. I am excited to have him on the show to talk about how men can cast aside their addictions, weaknesses, and complacency so they can become the leaders, husbands, and fathers their families, churches, and workplaces and communities need. So, Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. I'm excited to, excited to be on. Yeah, this is an interesting topic. Uh, we've talked a lot about different addictions that affect leaders. Uh, we've talked about affairs and how they derail leaders and pastors. Uh, in past episodes, but this one's interesting 
because it is is something that is so prevalent in our society and men can get distracted and and kind of get off their game when they when they fall into this trap. So uh, that's kind of what I want to start off talking about, which is um, what are some of the addictions you help men through? How big is the problem in America today? And um, and how do these addictions derail men? Yeah, what I do is is I help men who are are struggling with with porn addiction, with sex addiction, with even you know device addiction and 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 dopamine addiction is a lot of what it is. Guys just just escaping through those sort of things after overcoming my own um, addictions, you know, to to porn, to sex, and and affairs, and all those sort of things that almost destroyed my family and my marriage. Uh, thankfully, I was able to overcome those with the help of some mentors and coaches and pastors, and was able to turn my life around and and become the man and, and leader that I that God wanted me to be. Um, this is one of those things that kind of hides in the background. It doesn't get talked about very much and anywhere, really, amongst men, amongst churches and, and workplaces or, or even in even in the mental health and, and counseling communities. It doesn't get talked about, um, but it's kind of slowly eating men away from the inside. And it's not as obvious and doesn't get the attention, you know, that alcoholism does or drug addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Or even gambling and, and things like that. It doesn't get that attention because one of the things is it's so easy to hide. And that's mm. the major problem. The other one is it's not as um, it's still a taboo topic to a lot of people. Mm. But so many men are dealing with this. You know, there's there's been studies that have been done that say that, you know, some in certain age groups, somewhere up to two thirds to 70 percent of of men are addicted to porn, especially young men. Mm. So even if leaders now aren't dealing with it, that are older, the next generation of leaders, chances are those young men and, and even ladies to a greater extent, but I work primarily with men are dealing with this. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's de destroying families, destroying marriages, relationships. Men are having, dealing with depression, anxiety, things like that, which, which, Conventional wisdom and the world wants you to think that porn helps with that when it does the opposite and increases the shame and increases the guilt. Um, men are spending hours doing this. They're having sexual issues when it comes to marriage and they're in an active sex life, sex life that is destroying. And then it escalates. Mm. You know, it's not just just porn. It escalates into, um, you know, affairs and all those other sort of sort of things. And you've you know, you've heard of men who have lost their careers, lost their jobs, lost everything over it because they ended up watching porn at work uh, mm. or, or it escalated into an affair with a coworker or something like that. And and it just, it destroys. Yeah. I mean, flat, you know, across the board, it just destroys everything. But it does that kind of silently from the inside out. Why, why do you think it's such, it's interesting that um, we talk about alcoholism or addiction to gambling or other vices sort of more openly. Um, mm -hmm. And we even talk about affairs. Uh, you know, uh, if you watch any movie or any TV show, there's always some sort of an affair happening and that always right. ends up. But it seems as if uh, that porn is something that is taboo to talk about. Nobody talks about it, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, unless you go to maybe a church where that's an active, you know, discussion and concern and, and they're making sure that's out in front, but you'd never hear it in in polite society. It's something that's 
prevalent in our culture, but nobody talks about. Right. Yeah. And even, you know, you mentioned churches. Churches haven't done a good job at dealing with this either. True. That is true. And, yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit more openly discussed uh, than, than obviously in a workplace. Um, but it still is, yeah, it's still a taboo nature to it. Um, and I think that's because of the, first of all, it's a sexual thing and it's, and it's not a, um, I don't know how, what the right word would be, but it's not, you know, you talk about affairs and stuff like that, like they show on TV shows and, you know, it's all dramatized and it's fun and exciting. There's nothing fun and exciting about this. It's you sitting alone watching other people have sex. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why it's a. It's such yeah. a, yeah, such a taboo uh, right. topic. Uh, yeah, because it's, like you said, it's it's a private thing and um, it's not as public as like an affair or something like that. But it does, uh, as, as you said, can derail careers, can can ruin marriages, uh, can really affect your life and, and, and distract you from being the best man you can possibly be. And I think that's the big thing there. One of the things I was going to ask you is what are some signs that... Um, that a person, a leader, or or someone in, in, in that you know in a, in a family, how can they tell if they have a problem? What's what are some signs that they're having a problem? Sure. So one of the biggest problems is there aren't a lot of outward signs. Mm, you know, okay. it's not like other addictions where you know if somebody's a major alcoholic, the people around them are going to know. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this can be hidden for years, and you've heard of of major leaders who have been brought down by this. Mm. So. But as far as the individual person, a lot of guys will recognize, hey, I'm spending hours doing this. Yeah. And it's like every day. Yeah. You know, I work with 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 men who are, are watching porn three, four times a day. Oh, wow. You know, so they're spending all their time doing this. Um, they might have an issue with performance in the bedroom with their wives that they're so ingrained to watching porn that they can't actually have real sex with their, with their wife or with their girlfriend. Mm. The one of the biggest things is the shame that comes along with it. You know, they, they, they do this and then they're like, man, I, I, I'm, this is terrible. Why am I doing this? What's wrong with me? And, and Mm. like, this is dumb. I just wasted all this time doing this. I feel like crap, you know, and, but it perpetuates a cycle. So they'll feel like crap. So they go to porn because they think it'll make them feel better, but then it makes them feel worse and then it just perpetuates this this inevitable cycle. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it is it that uh, it's interesting to think about because I, 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 you know, because you and I know a lot of guys that that have gone. Um, uh, they don't drink anymore, so they've gone right. sober because they had a problem with alcohol. Right? They were they were addicted to uh, you know whenever they're around alcohol, they they overdid it. Right? Right. And it derailed them into who they they were supposed to be, and so they they went sober. Right. I, I drink alcohol. I've never had a problem with any addiction to it or any, uh, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I don't really abuse it. And it's just like, that's, that's the way it is with everything in my life. Like I don't, I've, I've gone to Vegas. I've pulled a handle or two on a, on a slot machine, but it's not anything. It's not exciting to me. So I'm like, Hey, whatever. It's no big deal. Like I don't. So do some men have more of an addictive personality that, they this dopamine uh, cycle that they get into, and and so how do how can they re, how can they recognize when they're there they have a personality that may be addictive to certain uh, like 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 these these dopamine cycles? How can they recognize that? Yeah, and I think yeah, a lot of men are just naturally more predisposed to addictive type of behaviors and compulsive behaviors. 
Um, and certain guys are at different levels. Like I said earlier, I work with guys, it's multiple times a day. Other guys, it's once a week or once a month, but it's still a problem for them. Um, I think each man will recognize at some point and they know deep in their heart, this isn't right. Yeah. And then they start seeing these things. What is this? This isn't adding anything to my life. It's yeah. taking away things from my life. I argue with a lot of people. I don't see any level of porn usage that is healthy in any extent. You know, it's, you mentioned alcohol. I mean, I drink too. You know, we're both kind of bourbon and cigar type of guys. Right, exactly. You know, and, you know, that's okay in moderation because that's not a, it, it's an enjoyable thing. We can do that. I don't think that's the same way with porn mm -hmm. because I don't think it's giving you any, there's no, it's not a relaxing thing. People think, oh, well, I just do this to blow off some steam and some stress and do that. Yeah, but it's destroying you from the inside mm -hmm. out. You know? Yeah. And, and one of the most dangerous things about porn is that unlike other addictions where you just need more of it, you know, if you, if you're an alcoholic, you just drink more, you know, if you, if you're a drug addict, you just do more drugs with porn. It's not that you need more, you need new, you need different. Mm, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So, so guys don't just watch the same video over and over again, like a guy that would just drink more of his favorite whiskey. You know, it's always got to be something new, something novel. And that's where it gets really dangerous I see. because it may start out very, you know, vanilla i guess to use that <laughs> the the sexual term but you're constantly needing new things so guys get into fetishes they get into escorts they get into affairs they get into all this sort of weird stuff when they turn around a couple of years later and they're like how in the hell did i get here so it's truly like a gateway to escalation which is oh it's definitely a gateway drug i i uh, yeah believe that just you know i don't think it's and you know, it, it's obviously going to cause issues in your marriage, your relationship. No woman wants to be with a man who watches porn. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's kind of funny that that um, that you know you're right. That's if, so. What 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 do what do men? What are the men seeking? They're well, they're seeking you know to to be in a relationship to to have a normal sex life. And so when they do this, they they derail that. And so they get caught in this cycle and they don't end up doing, becoming the man they were supposed to be the husband, the father, the leader they were supposed to be. They're kind of derailed, right? Is that, is that what, what the biggest challenge with the, with the absolutely. Yeah. They think it will enhance their regular sex life. Yeah. Um, when it really, it, it can destroy it. Wow. You know, because men come to, they, they watch enough porn that they prefer that. Yeah. You know, or they get erectile dysfunction. One of the, one of the things I point out a lot, Back in the day when all these ED meds came out, you know, the Viagra, the Cialis, all these sort of things, the commercials were, the actors in the commercials were older men, mm. guys in their 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, that, um, where that's a legitimate medical problem. Yeah. Look at the commercials now. You see them on, I was watching a hockey game the other night, and there's a there was a commercial for it during the hockey game. These hymns and Roman and other ones. The men... And those ads are young men now. They're in their 20s and 30s. They're not the, the, you know, gray hairs of the other, of yesteryear. They're marketing it to young men mm. because young men are dealing with erectile dysfunction. That's not from any medical thing. They should be at the height of their virility. Be top, it's yeah, because yeah. so many young men are, what, are addicted to porn. Mm. They're, 
destroying their ability to perform and they're literally emasculating themselves. So how do we, how do you help men break, uh, break free from these addictions? Mm -hmm. So I focus on two main things, habits and heart. Mm, So the habits are important because we have to understand our, our actions. So accountability is probably the biggest thing that I do. Uh, people come to me, I keep them accountable. They check in with me. They let me know what's going on. You know, I check in with them. You know, I give them support, encouragement, guidance. I may give them a, a swift kick in the ass every once in a while too. You know, um, accountability, building routines is very important. Understanding our triggers. So if there's a time when someone is more likely to um, act out, you know, for me, it was late at night. You know, my wife and kids are in bed. You know, I'm downstairs watching TV. You know, that was a vulnerable time for me. So I had to build routines that completely took away that vulnerable opportunity. Journaling is huge for me. Um, Guys kind of just tracking their progress, you know, being able to understand um, and do the self-analysis to understand where they're at. Um, Different things like that, that that are are habitual things, you know, working out, staying active, finding other ways to, to relieve stress and tension. But the problem is, is most things, most guys stop there. They treat it like it's just a bad habit. And if they can just power through it for enough, Mm. you know, as I was saying, you do something for 21 days, it becomes a new habit. You know, if you can just power through it enough that eventually it'll just go away. And it doesn't. Because addiction is not a habit to break. It's a wound to heal. Mm. So that's where the heart side of it comes in. Okay. You know, we've talked about alcoholics. It's kind of like, you know, an alcoholic has a moment, you know what? I'm done drinking. That's my last drink. And they pour all their booze down the drink. Great. Takes away that opportunity, but it doesn't deal with why they had to drink in the first place. Mm. The heart. That's what, that's where the real change, the real recovery and healing comes from. So that's where the heart comes in. All addictions at their core are a coping mechanism. They're how we learn to deal with pain. Yeah. How we learn to deal with that. And that's what I always say. Porn addiction isn't about pleasure. It's about pain. So there's things in guys' lives that often happen. Some of them are major. I work with a lot of men who have sexual abuse, physical abuse, death, divorce, things like that. But just as many don't. But there's events in our lives that are wound us. And we learned often in our adolescence, because that's when mostly when this starts, that they can run away to porn and sex to deal with it. Hmm. And it just gets a hold of them, and that's how they cope. You know, so we have to go dig deep and, and figure out what those core wounds are, what those hurts are, those pains are, and learn to deal with them in a healthy way. And that's where true healing comes from. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by InnerSwitch, seven timeless principles to transform modern leadership. InnerSwitch is a new leadership book written by Susan Freeman, who is a guest on episode 215. 
In this book, Susan shows leaders how to draw their attention inward to enable them to be more present, clear, and connected. This process will help leaders transform working relationships from conflict-creating, stress-inducing, reactive struggles into harmonious, effective, and responsive partnerships. I highly recommend this book for anyone looking to improve their leadership effectiveness in the high-stress environments where most of us operate. InterSwitch is available wherever great books are sold, and you can find out more at SusanSFreeman.com. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. Now, I've worked with Jeremy for the past year, and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today life is hard but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier hi my name is blue Toulousma. i'm a writer an emotional intelligence coach and the host of humanize with blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room a great conversation is almost guaranteed Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. You know, you're you're a chaplain, a worship leader, and I was just you know curious how much uh, does does your faith play into. Um, your desire to help men and your desire to become the best, you know, uh, man, husband, leader right. that you can possibly, how much does, does faith play into your, your life? It's everything. I mean, my faith is, is the guidepost for everything that I do in my life. You know, it's not just a part of my life. It is my life. You know, my, my, the Bible is, is the example of everything that we need. So when I'm helping other men, it's because God put me through this and this is my mission. This is my mission field. He said, this is the path you took. You're going to learn from this and you're going to be able to help others do that. Mm. And it's not that I'm just a, a stuck up prudish Christian that doesn't want people to have fun. No, I've already gone over all these terrible things that porn yeah. does to you. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. not, it's not a religious issue. Yeah. yeah. But 
my, your faith will help you through it. God will give us the strength. God will help us heal those wounds. God will give us a way out. You know, he will guide us. He will teach us. He will love and support us, encourage us and forgive us. A lot of these guys and myself have done horrendous things. You know, I've been unfaithful to my wife. You know, I've had to sit there with my kids and talk to them about how, what I was doing. You know, the Lord forgives us for all that. We're never too broken. We're never too damaged. We're never too far gone. And so that's where my faith comes in. And it, it gives me that strength and that forgiveness. And it's also a, like I said, it's a guidepost. You know, we hear a lot in, in kind of the Twitter world and all those things about all the kind of your traditional masculinity and all those types of things. And, and we talk about that a lot in, in the fraternity of excellence that, that we're a part of as well. But traditional masculinity doesn't work because it's traditional. It works because it's biblical. Mm. You know, everything that we talk about, men being the rock, being the leaders in their families, in their churches, in their communities. Yes, that's traditional, but that works because that's God's plan for men. And that's mm -hmm. how God designed men for men to be. So that's where the faith comes in. It's, the, it's my guidepost for everything that I do and am. And anything that, that you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, the, we, we're talking about porn addiction and, mm -hmm. and, and, and just in anything in your life, anything that takes you off point, anything that can distract you from your sure. mission and what you were meant to be, you know, uh, you know, we often talk about a North star that most, most leaders have a North star that's guiding them. Like I want, like for me, for most of my corporate career was turn around, turning around struggling manufacturing plants. That was my North star. Everything I was doing was focused on that, but anything that anything could, could sideline me from that can prevent me from doing my, my, you know, what I was put on earth to do. And I think that's, that's a big part of it is, you know, I mean, with my faith and, and you know, what I believe is that we've put on earth for a purpose. God's you know, we're, we're part of his, his master plan and we're trying to do what we've been specifically designed to do. And anything that derails us, like, like addictions or what have you, take us away from our mission. It derails us and puts us on the sideline. And he doesn't want us on the sideline. He wants us in the game. And, and we as leaders need to be in the game doing our thing that is our North star. And if anything like, like this can distract us, it's going to take us off the game. And that's, that's problematic because it then, then we can't do what we were put on earth to do. Right. And if a man can't lead himself, how is he ever going to lead others? Mm, yes. And that's what a lot of this is. Men are giving in to compulsion. They're giving into addiction. They're, they're, they're not dealing with the real issues and leading themselves. Say, hey, this is a problem. I need to fix this. Yeah. And if you're not able to master yourself and lead yourself and, and have not just self-control, but understand who you truly are and not run away from the issues. Like the same, a leader in a workplace, if they're just sweeping things under the rug and not dealing with them, they're going to be problems later on. Well, the same thing with the men I deal with, they're doing the same thing, sweeping these problems under the rug, not dealing with the real issues, and it causes problems. I, you know, I talk about it a lot in my books. I was trained as a firefighter in the Navy. We were taught to run towards the fire. And and exactly. so many, so many people, so many leaders I see do the, exactly what you just said is that there's a fire burning somewhere and they ignore it. And they just said, it's okay. Right. It's fine. It'll, and then it ends up, uh, you know, starting with a spark and then a smolder, and then it turns into a bigger fire. And then suddenly their career is derailed. Their life is derailed. Their marriage is derailed. So you're saying run to the fire, put that out. Don't even, don't even give it a window into your life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
one of the things I, I, I was uh, uh, curious about is that you're, you know, you're a leader in, in both work uh, and in your church functions and what you do helping, helping men. Um, one of the things I always think is very interesting is, is, and also you're also a leader in your community is, um, is, is your, your leadership approach, especially around leading volunteers. Cause I always think that's one of the most difficult things that we can do as leaders. That's why I always think that pastors have the hardest leadership job of any, any leadership job, because yeah. You're leading an army of pure volunteers. So just curious to know your approach towards leadership um, and how you uh, come at it uh, from your perspective. Right. The best example I ever had of that was my dad. My dad was a pastor for, for 50 years. I grew up in a pastor's home, grew up next door to the church all the time. And so he was just, uh, just a perfect example of a spiritual and church leadership that I've ever seen. And the most important thing that, that he did, I think, and that I've learned and applied to, to my situations is to always keep the purpose in front of us. Mm. And especially in church leadership and volunteer leadership, keep the purpose in front of you. What are you doing and why are you doing it? You know, in church, we're honoring God, we're serving God, and we're serving other Christians and other believers. Mm. You know, it's not about, especially with me where I was a worship leader, and, and I come from, you know, I'm a punk rock guy. I played in punk rock bands for years. So for me, you know, the performance, I wanted to be a performer because that's what I did for a long time. And I couldn't allow that because that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to, yeah. to, to worship God. And so it's not about putting on a show. It's not about us. It's not about glorifying ourselves. It's about serving God. And I think the more we keep that in focus, even outside of a church, if you're doing a volunteer organization, a community group or something like that, um, you know, I'm also involved with the Masonic Lodge in my town and, you know, kind of the same thing. The Masonic Lodge is the, the mission of the Masonic Lodge is to take good men and make them better. And that's what we do. We bring men together and, and we teach them and instruct them and we do community events. We do charity work. We do all those sorts of things. And that's the mission and the purpose. And so keeping that goal in the forefront, you know, it's not about making money with volunteers. You know, it's not about, um, how many butts you can put into seats with volunteers. It's about the mission and the purpose and, and make sure that doesn't get lost in the meetings and the committees and yeah. all those type of things that often happen within those type of organizations, you know, keeping that goal front and center, I think, and keeping the eyes focused on that is, is really what, um, is, is essential to, to leading those types of people. I love that. You know, it was funny because I, somebody on a Twitter this morning just actually pushed back on me and they said, what's more important, the mission or the people? And mm. I was like, that's a, that's the wrong question. The answer yeah. to that is yes, both, you know, right. I've always said that it's always about the mission and the people, right? Without the people, you can't achieve the mission Without the mission, you don't need people, right? It's it's the yeah. and it's the connecting sauce between the two of them that you know, and and that's a big part of ministry. It's Lane, you're saying the mission, the goal is really important, but we got to remember that we need the people there to be able to achieve that mission. And it's the and that's that's the trick in leadership is connecting people to the mission and making right. sure that that's always there. And you know, it's it's a little bit of a balance too. If you focus too much on mission and you forget the people, you get in trouble. Yeah. 
if you focus too much on the people, you forget the mission, you also get in trouble. So that's the, where, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, Jocko calls the dichotomy of leadership. It's this balancing act that we play that in almost every leadership element, there's a balance between one end and the other end. Like if you're too nice, you, you know, you have a, a workforce that gets away with just about anything. If you're too cruel, then it's, a, you know, you have a toxic workplace. So you're, you have to find, you're always looking for balance in leadership. Mm -hmm. And I love that exactly. you say that the mission has to be forefront, uh, in, in the forefront. Can't just be all about people. It has to be people and the mission. So, right, right. Fantastic. One of the things, you know, I I have never interviewed a funeral director. <laughs> so, uh, and, and again, that's that's a that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go yeah. into. But one of the things I got to me thinking about, and um, you know, I have I've had uh, uh, Jerry on my show, and we talked about his new book, uh, Men of Grit, and he talks a lot in that book about legacy. And so, mm -hmm. one of the things is I, I think you get a chance to see. In your unique job that you have is you get to see the legacy of people when in their final days. So you you've been to hundreds and hundreds of uh, funerals, uh, viewings, and what have you. Mm -hmm. What when you see what 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 is what is the uh, what is that like when uh, there is a funeral for someone that has made a big impact in in the people around them? What what is that like compared to maybe someone that has only focused on themselves and focused on their own personal, um, you know, self. And, and just, you know, maybe you could share some stories from that. Cause I really do think that at the end of our days is when we see the impact that we made in the world. Yeah. I think the difference is in how people grieve mm. and not so much in how much they grieve or, you know, outward displays of, of, of emotion and sadness, but in, and the way they talk about the person, mm. the way that they learned from that person. You know, I've had funerals. I'll, I'll kind of start with the negative. You know, I had a funeral a few years ago, you know, and I'm in, in, in Eastern Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia. And this was a 45 minute funeral. And it seemed like the only thing they talked about was how much this guy loved the Eagles. Mm. Loved the football team. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And everybody that got up, oh yeah, he was every Sunday he was sitting there with a with a cold beer watching the watching the Eagles and screaming at the TV. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is the best memory you have of your father and grandfather? Mm -hmm. Of him sitting there drinking a beer, bitching at the Eagles. <laughs> like that's sad. Yeah. Like I hope my family has a lot more to say about me. Yeah. When I'm gone. Versus the other side of it. Where I've had funerals where people get up and they say, I remember, you know, Pop Pop taking me out for my first hunting trip. You know, and I was scared and he was there and encouraged me and brought me along with it. He taught me this. He spent time with me. You know, he came to every one of my Little League baseball games. You know, yeah, he worked hard. He was proud of what he did. And he did all these things. But he was a, a, a husband and a father and family first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. No one cares at your funeral how many hours you worked. No one really cares how much money you made. What they care about is that legacy that, that you left. They care about how you made them feel, how you showed them love, the memories that you made with them. That's what matters. Those relationships matter. 
jobs end. You know, you drop dead, your 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 employer will be having ad in the paper the next day. You know, the the money can be gone in a heartbeat, but the relationships, the things you teach people, the memories that you make with them, the lessons they learn from you, and just your presence as a as a uh, husband, as a father, grandfather, leader. That stays with people through the rest of their lives. And that's the legacy that rings down through multiple generations. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, we often don't think about legacy. We, we are, like you said, busy with the day to day, right? Trying to achieve whatever goals we're chasing and the hours we're working and the, you know, and, and we, you know, living for the weekend, whatever, but, but, and we, we ignore those people in our lives and those relationships in our lives. And at the end of the day, people remember it says, oh yeah, dad was sitting on the couch watching the Eagles, you know, mm-hmm. or the grandpa or whatever, and not those memories and the impact that they, that they had and how they made you feel. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that's, that's powerful. You know, it, I always think too, you know, I've heard read somewhere, it's like, you know, do you, can you think of who are the six men who are going to carry your coffin? You know, who are your six friends who are going to carry your coffin? And, uh, mm-hmm. and do you have a, a, a deep relationship with those, those six people, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard. I would say I probably don't have a deep relationship with six people. You know, I have probably three, four, maybe that are yeah. close to me. And, uh, and, and, and I think it's something to think about. I think with, with Jerry's book and the work that you do, I all you helped me remind me of the idea of a legacy because I think it's really important uh, that we don't get distracted in what it means to be a leader, right? Uh, and and all about the growth of our companies and our organizations and our missions that we forget about the impact that we're making on people's lives. And I often talk about that leaders are like a pebble dropping in a in a lake, and, it, and they create these positive ripples. And if we're doing it right. We're going to create, we're going to impact everyone around us in a positive way. And if we're doing it wrong, all we're doing is creating a lot of problems in in, in our wake. And I think that legacy is something we need to be thinking about more uh, in our lives, whether it's with our families, our work in the community and our work and what we do at work. Legacy has to be a big part of it. And I think you have a unique perspective because you get the chance to see, you know, that yeah. that, that end of life celebration more than most people do. So. That's an interesting perspective. Um, just, I mean, we had a, we've had a good discussion. We've talked about a lot of things that uh, uh, that relate to you know things that can de- derail you from your mission and become a better better le- leader, a better husband, better father. What are some final messages you want to leave with our uh, our audience today? My message is always this: that there is always hope for you. You're never too far broken. You've never made too many mistakes. You're never too sinful or too shameful or, or, or too any of those things to find healing, to find restoration, and to become the man that and leader that you're meant to be. So many people I work with think that they're, you know, I'm just broken. I'm, I'm messed up. I don't, I, you know, I don't deserve happiness. I don't deserve any of this. I'm just a piece of crap. And that's not true. There's always hope. I thought I was far too far gone for many years too when I was in my addiction. You know what? You know what? I'm just, you know, this is too hard. It, it just throw in the towel, give up. You know, I'll, I'll accept whatever horrible life I have. Um, but my message is there's hope. 
I overcame this. I turned my life around. I saved my marriage, saved my family. The Lord forgave me and brought me through redemption into serving him and honoring him. So don't give up. No matter what you're facing, whether you're facing addiction, whether you're facing you know, crises in your life, and, and it seems like the world around you is falling apart, there's always hope and never give up and, and keep fighting. And if you need help, reach out for help. Don't try to fight the battle alone. These, these things we do, it, it seems like it's a solo thing and it's a shameful thing and you want to keep it hidden, but you need help and you need guidance. And so reach out for help and get the help that you need. Well, fantastic. That's a great segue. How can people find out more about you and what you do to help uh, uh, your book uh, and just you, your book and the services you provide? Yeah. The, the book that I, that I wrote is conveniently right over my shoulder, uh, just like yours. Um, it's Living Porn Free, 10 Steps to Recovery, Redemption, and Renewal. And that's my, my guidepost for, for helping men overcome uh, porn and sexual addiction. Best place to find me is online, social media, Twitter, at Timothy Regal. Instagram's the same. And my website is just my name, timothyregal.com. All right, great. We're going to put links in the show notes for those resources. And again, man, this is a, primarily a message to you if you are struggling with this addiction and dealing with, you know, porn or sexual addiction, you got a resource right now. Look in the links in the show notes. You got a resource. You can reach out to Tim. He's going to help you uh, basically get on the right path. And like he said, there's hope. So if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you've gone too far, you're, you're not. And there is a path forward. Uh, uh, Tim has left us with a lot of great messages uh, to think about as far as how to become the best version of ourselves that we can possibly be. So, Tim, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing uh, this sometimes taboo topic, but something that we need to bring out and talk about. And uh, thanks for what you're doing to to help men get through this. Thanks, John. Glad to, glad to have been on. Well, thanks again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. 
but I like airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.